Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Sami Altonen and John Lütgemeier. Sami is working for TPS Turku as one of the head of coaches. And John is, has been working for the Kirkwood Youth Hockey Association as the director of coaching. And we discussed with Sami and John overall club development. And we really dived into, for example, when you arrive the first time at the club, what are actually the actions you should take? So how do you actually get to know the culture? So you actually can make a picture of what actions you need to take to develop the entire environment in the club. And we also spoke a little bit about the cooperation and communication, how this should look like in the club. And then we also dived into the growth of the club. And one very essential topic we touched on there is that um, recruiting uh, and retaining kids inside the club. So I think this was overall a fantastic conversation because of the reason that Sami is from Finland. He has been working for a very long time um, in Turku. And John is from the United States and he has been working for a very long time in Kirkwood. So just again, the, these cultural influences and different perspectives on club development. Um, I always enjoy these conversations, especially when we have two people from two different countries on the show. Yeah, a really fun conversation for for exactly that reason. For and and I think you know when you think about club deve development, it's such a there's a lot of pieces to it, right? That you have to be to be careful about, and the the club structure varies so much. I think between North America and here in Finland and and in Europe as well, especially with the the umbrella system here in in Finland. But to to see that there was two people from halfway across around the world that you know share the same struggles with their club development they share the same kind of um experiences and and you know they of course there's some differences here and there but they're they're kind of fighting the same fight i don't know if that's the the right way to put it that might be a little too extreme but they they have the same issues and, and the same kind of pushback and everything like that so it's interesting to dive into that and see how they Kind of they they got ideas from each other they they exchanged you know thoughts and everything like that and and it was it was interesting to see how the conversation developed as well um with with kind of these two people that are really passionate about what they do and and want to learn more and and they they really took advantage of the opportunity and, and asked each other some questions and everything like that so it was a, a fun conversation to to kind of host and guide and um, let's not wait any longer before we, we let everybody else hear it for themselves. So let's kick it over to John and Sammy. All right, so now we'd like to welcome on our two guests. Joining us today, we have Sammy Altonen from TPS Torku here in Finland and from Kirkwood Hockey Association, or formerly from Kirkwood Hockey Association, uh, John Lutkemeyer from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So thank you both for joining us. Uh, and starting with you, John, how's it going in St. Louis? It's good. You know, uh, we've probably all been through an interesting year uh, with youth sports and pandemic, but uh, this is the off season from uh, early March through August. So it's ideally our kids are getting away from the rink and doing something else. Uh, it becomes the, the heavy time, obviously, for planning and for volunteers and administrators to get ready for that 
next year. Hopefully get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and Sami, I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering the name of your city here, but how's it going in Turku? I think at this point, uh, it's going pretty fine because our men's team, they yesterday beat, beat Pelikan from last year and now they are uh, in a semifinals in, in Finnish men's league. So at, at this day, it looks good. So, so Sami, how does that make you feel if you're originally from Lahti? If, if Toko was winning against Pelicans, are there still any feelings, or is that okay? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, getting a couple of messages from Lahti because uh, I was born in Lahti and uh, I have been working there, so it was a, it was a pretty different series for me. But hey, I have been here in Turku. 13 years, so I have to say that I was uh, pretty happy when when GPS won the series. Yeah, well, well, yeah, it was definitely um, five games, so <laughs> it was definitely it was definitely a good series. But now um, let's see how the playoffs continue. And overall, even though there's the pandemic all going on, but there's still going some pretty good hockey. I've, I know in Russia there's still a fin- final, the NLR is still going, cage. Uh, I mean, the SHL is still going. Um, Germany, the league is still going. So we still have some good hockey, fortunately, to watch. And before we move into the main discussion um, about overall club development, um, um, Sami, maybe if you could start, could you maybe a little introduce yourself? Um, about you? Could you please give us a few background information? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Rick. So, like I said, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm from Lahti, and uh, today I'm living in Turku and working in GPS. My background is uh, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a good player. I was uh, I think I was a decent junior player. If we use today's uh, today's language, I would say I was a triple A minus uh, at, at at least that, but. Uh, I wasn't playing in a in a top level. I was uh, in in Finnish. There is a league, and then is there is a, a series called Mestis. I was uh, maybe like a junior player in the Mestis level, so I wasn't so good. But I love the game, uh, the uh, hockey practicing and playing uh, uh, give me you know a lot of uh, other things. I was. Uh, I was uh, I wasn't say I was a little bit crazy, but I was uh, I wasn't uh, you know typical kid. I I need to do some sports and I need uh, some rules. The school wasn't uh, you know giving it to me or my parents. So I think that playing hockey was uh, was uh, much more than just a game for me. It was uh, it was my this kind of uh, school of life. So so I'm uh, I think I'm uh, I I feel lots of uh, uh, I would say gratitude for the game. So this was my background. I I was playing in uh, I, I stopped playing when I was twenty. I wasn't you know 
I know that I wouldn't be a top-level player, so I was thinking what else I can do. And then there was a one year I didn't do anything for the for the game, and then I was thinking that uh, if I could be a coach, and I I asked one club that is there any possibility that I could be a junior coach, and I was uh, I, I remember the whole situation. I was. I was pretty nervous because uh, I was thinking that uh, they probably don't give me the chance to be a coach. <laughs> I wasn't know that, uh, that they take everybody for the coach, but at, at that point I was uh, thinking that uh, I'm not sure if there is a possibility to be a coach and they take me there and uh, I was uh, four years coaching uh, under 10 to under 30 so one year at each 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 age group and after that i got got job as a head of coaching or director of coaching i'm not sure what uh, uh, the right title is but uh, i think the first four years went really well because Somebody want to offer me a job, and uh, now there's it's a, there's I have been a head of coaching now 20 years, so so it has been it has been well, but that's that's my background as uh, shortly. Well, yeah, if, if we think about Finland first of all, um, and you have been working the first four years from. Um, you 10 until under 13 and then took over as a job. I do not know how it was back in the days, but um, as we know that um, coaching positions are pretty pretty rare sometimes in Finland. Um, so it was uh, must be definitely good that you got so quickly involved and that you could make so quickly living out of it. Um, so, and John, uh, what about you? So what, what we know about you so far is that you have been working with the Kirkwood Youth Hockey Ice Association, and um, but other from that, could you please introduce yourself as well, a little bit your background and everything like that? Sure. Um, excuse me. My name is John Lutzmeyer, and uh, I'm 51. Father of four boys that uh, have played every sport you can imagine. The oldest is 22, so he's getting ready to graduate university. And uh, I did grow up playing hockey, probably not even as good as Somi, uh, in St. Louis in the 1970s. Um, <clears throat> that's not where, where hockey players came from. Um, but uh, fell in love with the game, um, was obsessed with it as a kid, and, um, and then certainly wanted to expose uh, my children to that uh, when the time came, and was fortunate that, um, that they enjoyed it as well so I got back involved ironically uh, having moved around a little bit uh, we wound up uh, starting at the club that I played at and um, I just I it, it's most kids in in this area of the United States if they're playing hockey they're the first person in their family to play hockey I would say over 50 percent of the players and youth today are still have parents, aunts, uncles, no one has had any experience with the sport. So if you are one of those people who did play, they wrangle you in very quickly and, 
hope that you will volunteer. So um, I did and uh, spent the last 16 years um, coaching uh, all kinds of teams uh, throughout what we would call learn to play. So maybe uh, typically that's U6, but sometimes older, uh, all the way up through U14 and working with uh, not only the teams that I coach, but getting involved on the board and as the coaching director for about a decade. Yeah, well, it's it's exciting to have both of you on uh, just because of the, the rich experiences that you've had, both Sami, you here in Finland, and, and John, you in the States. And, and I think those are such having been in, in hockey and both of them just, I mean, a short, short amount of time, but um, it's, it's very different, but there's also a lot of similarities. So I'm excited to jump into the, the intricacies of club development here in a second. But I, I wanted to take a, a chance here to just kind of have you guys introduce the clubs that you were working with. So, so John, if you could kind of give a little bit of background around Kirkwood uh, and kind of when that started, when you joined it and, and the kind of transition or evolution, I don't know if you would say, um, that it kind of took place while you were there. So uh, Kirkwood was founded in uh, 1968. It was a byproduct of the St. Louis Blues uh, joining the NHL that led to multiple clubs around town, you know, youth getting interested in the sport. Uh, as I said, I, I played there in the 70s and uh, early 80s. And I had a, a wonderful experience uh, as a player there, uh, happened to be on a team that, you know, tended to, to be pretty competitive every year. So my youth hockey experience was, was, uh, was outstanding. Went away, you know, went to college, uh, got married, had a family, got back involved, as I said before, when my kids got involved. And, and I was kind of astounded at the time uh, how poorly the club was performing. Um, and I didn't know if that's how it was when I played. I was just on one of the few teams that had success or uh, if something had changed while I was away. And um, so I was introduced. I, this is very common now, especially in, in your part uh, of the world. But I, I was introduced to the concept of cross-ice hockey, and I thought it was the dumbest thing I had ever heard of. Um, how are kids going to learn positions and how are they going to learn offsides and all of these silly things, uh, respectfully for those who feel that way. But these things that are nonsense that, that we know now can be learned very quickly at an age appropriate level. So anyway, uh, I was fortunate really to be a parent at the time that the Internet was uh, was expanding the way that it has and there were a lot of resources usa hockey again modeling what was going on in finland and sweden had um had put some stuff out there so a few of us got together and just said there's got to be a better way than give every coach their their equipment and their players and their schedule and leave them to their own devices so um we got into you know all the things that are common today in station-based training etc and, and frankly, um, over the course of about four years, turned the club from a, about winning three out of 10 games to winning seven out of 10 games, all by focusing on uh, just giving the player the proper sporting experience. Uh, we went from minus 270 goals to plus 360 goals. I mean, it, it was remarkable the turnaround when you train properly. 
And so, uh, yeah, that's how it got started about 15 years ago. And, and they continue to build on it uh, today. So, Sami, when, when you think about uh, TPS, does it have, I know you've, you've been there for, for now 13 years, um, and I'm assuming it has a, a pretty rich history, as do a lot of the clubs here in Finland. Um, but can you kind of describe that a little bit and, and dive into the same thing there, with the how that club has maybe changed since the time that you've took, um, been there? Yeah, there's been a, there's been a lot of changes. When they called me, I, I was like I said, I was working in in Lahti, in in Pelicans, uh, uh, before I came to the Turku. And they called me uh, 2008, and they want to, you know, uh, TPS is uh, one of the, I think, in in my opinion, it's one of the, uh, it's the biggest club in Finland. We have a. Uh, there is four bigger if we are uh, comparing the players. We have over over 900 players here, and uh, they called me 2008, and they said that they want me here. And I was asking why, because Sami Aaltonen is is not uh, it's it's not the Saku Koivu or or uh, or Mikko Rantanen. These are the other two famous. TPS guys, Sami Aaltonen, Saku Koivu and Mikko Rantanen. So, so I was thinking that why you guys are uh, calling me and they said that they need the best guy in Finland here. And, and who can, you know, who can say no if, if they, you know, said that you are the best we want to hear. I'm not sure how many guys they call, but <laughs> I was the only one who, you know, who know who picked it? And when I came here, uh, I think there was a maybe six, seven hundred players and TPS uh, teams under twenty, under eighteen, under sixteen. We are, we play almost every year for the for them. Uh, maybe maybe we are not the uh, champs, but uh, you know playing for the medals. And uh, I was the only. Uh, full-time guy on the field, 2008, and now when the year is at 21, uh, we got uh, maybe 13 or 14 full-time uh, hockey guys on on a field. So I think the last 13 years says everything. Uh, how much this has been, you know, it has gone. Uh, on because uh, the pro pro coaches every year more and more and more. I think that's the that's the biggest thing that there isn't uh, there isn't any practice anymore that you know somebody hasn't uh, watched or uh, you know when I came here I went to the ice rink there was uh, all kinds of the practice look at, at the coach. If, if the coach was a truck driver, the ice practice looked like it. If the coach is a truck driver, and uh, no no offense for the truck drivers, but but it was uh, it, it, everybody do what they want to do, and still we got players here. But today, like I said, we have a lot of uh, professional coaches 
now every practice is a, is a good practice. And I think the, uh, the parents also at today knows what it's good practice. So it doesn't, uh, they don't, uh, I, I, my phone rings if there is a bad practice because all the parents know that, hey, the players are standing there, nobody's doing nothing. And, and uh, I think this has been, a, the level has raised. I think the, uh, our level as a, as a coaches, the level has higher and higher, but also the parents, the players, they want better and better and better. So I think it's, uh, if you are not doing this uh, like a job or like a professional, it's going to be harder and harder every day. I'm not sure if I, if I answer the question, but uh, I think that uh, it has been, when I started coaching uh, 97, 24 years ago, uh, I, I wasn't even dreaming for doing this uh, like, a, like a day job. Because like Rick said, that uh, it, today it seems that there isn't much uh, uh, professional spot on the, for the coaches. 97, this kind of uh, under 20 and younger, there wasn't in Finland. There was only few guys, uh, this kind of director of coaching. And today you can be a pro coach uh, uh, and you have to, you know, look, look after under, uh, under nine and under 10. So you can be pro coaches for those age groups. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great way. I hope it's still, you know, in the future uh, we can hire good guys for the kids. Somi, can I, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to follow up on that. First of all, they had 50 other people say no before they got to me. So you're much better than I am. Um, in the U.S., we, those of us who follow what you're doing over there um, and so admire it, we're probably 10 to 15 years behind you uh, in terms of, of that evolution of the training. Um, and USA Hockey's been promoting their model associations uh, for almost 15 years now. And still, Kirkwood's one of them, but there are only 25 in the whole country. So most of our folks don't know what they're watching. And, and uh, when they see training that's like uh, what you're doing, um, they question it in, in a bad way. And by that, I mean, it's, they just don't know. And so you have to explain to them why this is better than everyone standing around in lines and laps, et cetera. So what, how are your parents so knowledgeable that they are able to call you? And, and I assume they're right when they say, hey, this was not a good practice. And here's why. What, how are they so educated? Uh, maybe there is a, if we are thinking about all the parents, not all of them are not, but there is some typically fathers okay. who start wa watching every practice. Okay. So this is this kind of a joke last year in our under 16 that there was one player who was uh, who was uh, on a practice, maybe 97% of the practice, 
but his father was there 100 so, percent. <laughs> so he was watching every damn practice. So so you know if you if you are uh, if you are uh, this kind of involved, you are watching every year every practice, and. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. but is the um, it, so then that's interesting because we have that here. You have the very you know uh, in, involved, intense um, family. Sometimes I I believe it's just because they're anxious because they don't have the experience, so they're not really sure what what they're watching. I have that level of anxiety watching my kids in sports that I don't know very well. So that's been a very good experience for me to empathize more with parents. When I'm watching lacrosse, I have no idea what, what's a good play and, and what isn't. But um, are, are most of your parents more, uh, not, not in a bad way, but like they just drop them off and, and, and come back at the end and pick them up and don't worry about it? Yeah, and there was a, there was many, many years that I was thinking that we have to, you know, we have to put a doors lock on the, on the, you know, the ice rink that they don't come there. And I was thinking that it's, it's only bad if they are watching. But uh, nowadays I'm, uh, I, I feel a little bit different. I'm not sure about if I'm talking about under 16. I'm not sure why they have to watch every practice. I'm not sure, and if if it's, uh, if there's something good, I I I'm, I haven't you know figured it out what good that is. But uh, if we are talking about the grassroots, if we are talking about under five, under six, uh, those kind of you know little kids, there I want to see the parents because I know if the parents are excited, if they are you know thinking that this is great. Uh, they, you know, they probably uh, go with their kids and practice more and and take the kids to the to the in the winter to the I'm not sure outdoor ice and this kind of thing. And if the parents are not interested, the kids go only with our practice and it doesn't involve anything good. So. That's why I think that if we are talking about the little kids, I want to see the parents there. I want to take them with us. But the older kids, I don't want to see them. But I'm not sure where's the line, you know, what age group we have to draw the line. But And I, 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 I have this kind of experience that I start with the 2009 born. They are now 11, 12. Uh, I start with the kids when they they were uh, five years old. I, I single-handed uh, take the practice, and uh, I was w with them first two years. And I took the parents with me on the ice, and I, I was, you know, uh, every kind of uh, summer Olympic games and this kind of thing. I wanted to get the families with us, and that age group. At this point, uh, they don't lose a game, and and I haven't been figured out what it is if it is the, that the parents and the families are so, you know, 
so excited about uh, hockey because the other uh, other age group before that CBS lost the games, but with these with the parents uh, taking close to us, close to the players, close to the game, the teams are you know unbeatable. That is interesting how how birth years can be different. It's just the raw, if you will, the raw player that you get at the beginning. Sometimes there's, as a as a group, there's just more potential than other birth years. And, and yeah. No reason. Um, Sami, is there any formal like, and and John, did you guys do this in Kirkwood as well? But is there any formal parent education going on in, in TPS in terms of like? getting them into a meeting and having some sort of maybe PowerPoint or something like that. Is there any formal education like that on where their, where their players are in terms of their development and everything like that? We got, but uh, it, it, we, we don't have it so often that I, maybe we should have, because there is a once in an autumn, these kind of little kids, we, we asked the parents come to the TPS uh, men's game and before the game, I, I talk with the parents, but if, if I invite 200 parents, there is 30. So it's not much. And, and uh, to, uh, tomorrow we have uh, this kind of uh, information uh, to the older because next Monday, our season starts under 20, under 18, under 16, under 15. So tomorrow we have this kind of a, a parents meeting, but it's not much. Uh, before the big internet, uh, we have this kind of, a, when I came to the club, there was this kind of book. If, if you are, you are uh, new in TPS, you get the book. There was uh, maybe... 40 pages, and there is everything, you know, you have to know about. But uh, uh, today it's, it's on a, in our website, and I'm not sure if, uh, if anybody is reading it. So we could do this much better. I know it. I, I would agree. I, like, it, on my, in my experience, uh, it's always, I wish we would communicate more. Um, because I, I do believe a number of things but one is um, parents are trying to connect the dots and so if you don't connect them for them they're just doing their best to try and understand what's going on and and often those dots don't lead to the conclusion you'd like them to lead to um, and so for every young coach that comes in you stress you cannot over communicate it is so easy you can have a group text you can send out emails. There's there's a myriad of ways that um, that you can communicate with your families, and um, parents will. If 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 a message is coming from the coach, it it gets read. If it's coming from the organization, it might get read. So we've had our best success in terms of communicating our approach when we get coaches who who are on board with realizing that they're really the, the linchpin in the whole system. If, if a coach communicates it to families, it'll get heard. If it's on the website, as Somi said, or if it's a handout from the club, it might get read. 
But I think this, this was a great to hear what John said. You you said about uh, dots, and I, I'm always I'm always saying that uh, if the parents don't know, they are going to guess, and and most of the time they are guessing wrong, but they are guessing, and when they are guessing enough, uh, it it starts to be a truth, and and then you you know you heard it on the on a on the ice ring that. And this and this and and they said that that's the truth because they have they have guessed it so many times that right. they are going to believe it. So so it's uh, it's uh, it's it's not nice to hear that uh, it uh, we are a different different side of the world, but <laughs> situation is pretty same. Very much, yeah. Well, it's um. This entire topic, parents, is of course always relevant, and um, it's very essential that we discuss it and how we overall um, deal better with it. Because at the end of the day, the kids come every day to the rink, and the most uh, most essential thing is that everything is safe and that the parents are basically informed about everything. And well, we have been speaking um, to Bob Mancini about this as well, and um, today we recorded actually a. Uh, a podcast with uh, David Lajlo, who is uh, working in Norway. And at the end of every podcast, we ask basically what is um, your final message. And his final message is that develop a relationship with the parents. But this kind of relationship should be that the parents are not your friends. Um, they are, I mean, close friends, but you have a close relationship with the parents and you help all the time. But um, you do not pull a kid more forward or to the side, or you do not, um, what's the word in English? You do not, um, I don't get it right now. What? Favor. Yeah, you don't favor a kid, uh, but you have, a, you have a healthy relationship between the parents and it's, and Bob Mancini phrased it also very well, that it's not, not so much about parent education, it's more about information. And I think that also reflects, um, from my experience with Finland here, that like we really want to teach the kids that, they start to take um, ownership for their own learning. So the parents are getting less, less and less involved. So I think this is a, this is a very good way to, to see it from that perspective as well and very healthy as well. But moving on a little bit to culture. So actually this is um, perfect based on your background because John, you started in Kirkwood in the early 2000s and it's pretty amazing to hear that you from minus 260 goals to plus 360, if I remember that's right. Um, so I think um, a lot of things have been changing. And Sami, um, when you are up, when you arrived to Toku, things have been a little bit different as well. And now you have a you have a plenty of coaches in your organization working full time. So from a from a cultural perspective and especially from an analytical perspective, when we when we get to know the culture of a club. Um, what are the steps we should take and how do we get the culture the best to really get a better understanding of what is actually there? Uh, I'll, I'll jump on this because this was a, a, a topic of conversation we were having. Uh, some of the guys that I started with on Friday night and um, when we got involved in wanting to revamp the training, we were all focused on player development. Every decision was about how do we do it better for the, the kids. And um, what we didn't realize was probably more important 
is the change it was having on the adults. And, and our culture now is something that, uh, as, I, as I look at it, it is the most critical component of our success. And, and uh, young coaches uh, get involved and think about the X's and O's. They don't necessarily think about parent communication and how much the parents play a role in the team's success. And then they also don't think about um, how important it is that kids simply have fun and that we create a culture that's all about joy for the game, joy for playing, joy for the officials. We don't have a sport if, the, if we abuse the, the officials. Um, and so we, we, we sometimes forget that the most important thing is the intangible thing of, of having fun. And that comes from, Rick, what you said, everybody feeling valued. Parents can't see that one child's more important than another or one team is more important than another, regardless of you know, kind of where their rank is. If you are truly trying to develop every child in a fun environment, you have a fantastic culture and, and the excellence on the on ice performance followed. Sami, I'm I'm interested to hear about the the Finnish side of this because I think from my experience, Finnish hockey culture is, is quite strong. You know, there's a lot of people here that that, are, that feel pretty connected to the game. Um, and and while it may be like a, a small hockey country, I think the the presence of hockey is quite large. So, in terms of a, a culture around a club such as TPS. How like what kind of steps did you take to kind of shift that from one where um, it only had one full time employee to one where it now has I think you said thirteen or fourteen now, and and people you know they're much more aware of what's going on inside the club. Uh, I could you know uh, how can I say it? Uh, John could speak. Uh, behalf of me because uh, everything he said is uh, is uh, relevant in in TPS. I I saw it uh, pre- pretty same. I think the atmosphere is everything. It's it's uh, it's uh, you know when we are talking about uh, players under under ten and youngers when we don't have any kind of. Uh, uh, AAA uh, levels. Every kids are in the in the same, and of course there is a somebody is a pretty good and somebody is just starting. So uh, it's it's not the games could be a thirty zero, but uh, all the practicing, the doing when we haven't you know uh, measured the kids or or put some some triple A or or one A uh, this kind of. Uh, uh that for them it's 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 atmosphere is everything you know if the kids are joining the parents are joining uh it's it's uh, i think it's uh, it's uh, if if somebody is thinking that hockey is uh, hockey is this kind of a brutal brutal game and it's it's expensive and this kind of thing they should come to see under under 10 years old practices or games it's uh, uh, I think it's it's uh, you know there's a p- pure joy and uh, 
still in our practice there is this kind of a you know if if we had a, we have a 65 kids on the same age group on the same time on the week okay 65 is pretty much but they are not you know the best one and the worst one are not you know fighting each other but of course there is a best guys are there and and not so best are there but still when it's not this kind of official triple a or something it's 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 great and i think like i said there the atmosphere is everything and and now of course i i forgot what what, what the real question was but could could you could you help me a little bit yeah so basically the question was that um how do we actually get to know the culture of club when we first arrived there? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when I came here, it was something, something else, and I'm not saying that it's 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 I do it, I did it, guys. It's because me, but I have been always this kind of a, uh, uh, like John said that that the dots and the X's. I don't give a give a damn about those kind of things and that's why i haven't maybe been a, a su successful coach I'm, I'm i'm i think i'm better with the coaching coaches because uh, today i'm working with uh, erka westeron who, who is a former uh, finnish national team coach and he's he's uh, working part-time in in our club and and we are starting this kind of a project, this kind of a uh, uh, humans coaching, because Erka is a, is a very interested that uh, we are we are uh, dealing with peoples. Sometimes when you go to the ice rink, and when I came here, uh, the coach was this kind of uh, old school. They were yelling to the players, and if you made a mistake, they were you know put them sit on the bench and uh, uh, and this kind of things under churching or, or something and today the the culture is it's it's something else and today we want to want to keep the players close to us even if you are going to men's team or under 20 team or under five so it's this kind of same same kind of thing and i think i have uh there isn't any uh any coaches that you know are uh, using the old way, this kind of uh, yelling and and, um, and there isn't any fear in in our practice. So so it's uh, I love this kind of uh, new culture. Uh, I have to say I love it because I have always been a uh, this kind of a coach by myself, and I have to say. I wasn't saying in the, in the first, but in my career, uh, like I said, I've been 20 years of this kind of head of coaching, but uh, I have been in twice in, in the Finnish national teams, women's team and uh, under 16 and under 17. So I have to do something good because uh, uh, Finnish Ice Hockey Federation has, you know, take me this kind of... Uh, this kind of a job so i think we are on a on a this is good way that we are we are running but uh, we are not there yet and like i said with erka i think we'll get there
Rick, if I, if I were in your shoes and you're interviewing and, you know, trying to get your first job, um, I would want to, I would want to meet with someone from the board and ask them to define what does success look like to them for that organization. Um, I would ask that same question of a couple of coaches. And then I'd ask it of a couple of parents. And then if I really wanted to, to find out the culture, then I'd, then I'd just kind of sneak into the rink and watch those same teams and see how those parents behave, how those coaches behave. And you're going to get a sense of, uh, you know, when the, when the scoreboard goes on and we start measuring who's winning and losing, whether or not they, they, their approach is the same as what they told you uh, in a meeting. So uh, the culture you're going to find out by just sampling every, every different group, the kids, the coaches, the parents, the administrators, and, uh, and then try and watch them and see if their walk matches their talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, you, you, you talk, you are right about that. And I think when we are talking about culture, my 13 years, you know, 13 years is, is not the much if we want to change the culture. If we are, we are uh, GPS is 99 year old club next year, 100 year celebration. So if we are talking about the real culture, I know that, uh, and, I, and I talk with Erka, I'm, I'm now, it's, it's Johnny, you said you are 51. I'm 45 and Erka Westerlund is uh, maybe 60, 61, something like that. And, and I talked with Erka last week and I said, when Erka was pretty excited that Sami, we are doing history here in GPS. And, and I said, Erka, we are not living when this, this culture is, is uh, that level that we can, you know, you, you know, do it like, like John said, that we are asking every different kind of uh, group parents and this kind of thing, because uh, today, if we, are, if I ask our coaches, I think that uh, they, they feel it like I do. But if we are talking, asking about parents, uh, if we are asking about the little kids' parents, they are this, this kind of a new GPS culture. But I, if, if I ask under 18 parents, they are uh, answering something else. So the culture yeah. hasn't changed in the whole whole club, but it's, it's going. Yeah, that's a, an interesting point. And, and I think like the, you always hear that culture doesn't change overnight, right? And it's, you know, the old old saying that Rome wasn't built in a day kind of thing. And and I think that's uh, something important to remember. And, and I think it, it ties into this next question I want to ask a lot, because I think especially for a young director and by young, I just mean new at it, right? And, and someone that doesn't have a lot of experience implementing their own values, their own views and their, their own kind of philosophy for their club. One of the scariest parts, one of the hardest parts um, I can imagine is, is when someone challenges that kind of culture, right? That culture that you want to bring in. So from your guys's perspective, how do you deal with someone that just doesn't want to get on board with, with the direction that the club is going, with the changes that it's making, or, or the culture shift that they want to they wanna see? And, and someone that, you know, Sami, you mentioned that, that, that kind of old school view, and, and not just from maybe 
coaches, but also from parents or families or people that just can't seem to um, cooperate with the, the kind of new culture of the club, if that makes sense. So uh, th this is interesting because, as I said, 15 years ago, we, we completely changed the format. I mean, we overhauled everything, <clears throat> even to the point where we had teams at U6 and U8 that played in a league against other clubs. And, and we got out of the league because the league was playing full ice at the time and we wanted to play cross ice at that time. As you can imagine, parents are rightfully incredibly anxious um, because we, we are telling them that last year they played in a format that looked just like what they see on TV. And this year we're telling them that that was wrong and we made a mistake and we want to do it the right way now. So we were starting from scratch. And, and so how did we get them on board? It gets back to that communication. This was a big enough, uh, Somi had said, if I send something out and have 200 families, maybe 60 or 70 will read it. Well, when you're completely walking away from the league, you have everyone's attention at that age group. So we had a couple of town hall meetings where I stood there and gave the rationale as to why we're doing it. And then just took, the, took the, all the questions that anybody could bring and the animosity uh, and I, I just knew it was coming, but but had a conviction that what we were doing was right, that USA Hockey knew that they, what they were doing, that, that the Europeans know better than we do right now. And, um, and I prayed a lot that, in fact, we were making the right choice. But um, for, for us, it was, I, I'm going to, I have nothing to hide. I'll answer every question that you want to ask. And at the end of the day, I have science I have facts on my side and you have anxiety and opinions. Um, and, and so at some point we're just going to realize either you're on board, you're not, but you'll wait and see, or, and I said this often, you're spending a lot of money. You should be happy. If this format is uncomfortable to you, I will help you find another organization. I shouldn't be afraid to lose members and, and have, frankly, unhappy, cancerous families in the organization. It is their right to disagree. Let's find you a place with the approach that you want to follow. And the irony is um, our club is now over two times as big as we were when we made that switch um, because overall parents are so happy that they're selling hockey on the soccer field and at the baseball fields and in the basketball gyms, telling their friends in those other sports how much their kids enjoy hockey and they're now recruiting for us. But, but sincerely, give them the information and then if, if they still disagree, help them find some place where, where they will feel like it's a better fit for them. And Sami, I'm, I'm interested because I'm not sure how it works in, in TPS, but, but here in, in Lati, it may not necessarily be an option for families to move clubs, you know, with the, the umbrella system and the, um, and everything like that, you know, the, the nearest club to us is, is an hour away kind of thing. So 
how do you deal with um, how do you deal with the the challenge on that side of it and and kind of deal with those kind of pressures and um, I don't want to say conflicts because I, I think that might be too strong of a word here but but that sort of thing uh, I think that the you know that's the one thing that shows that we are going in the right way because uh, like I said I wasn't sure if it's uh, 2008 but but the first years I, I were here uh, every year maybe 120 new players for the TPS and uh, in the other way it goes maybe 100 so uh, there was this kind of years that we get maybe plus 10 players but hey 120 comes and 110 goes so it was uh, awful because every every this kind of uh, trade it's not, not the right word but every every movement is is giving me more jobs so maybe one one month for uh, every year went like this that i have to you know take care of these kind of uh, movements but uh, uh, I, I'm thinking that we have to do our job so well that nobody wants to leave in our club. There is a, if, if we drive here 45 minutes, maybe, maybe in a radar of uh, 30 miles from here, 50 kilometers, there is a 10 hockey clubs and uh, seven of them are uh, working with us, this kind of umbrella, like, like Guy said. It's not like in last year. In last year, they are all in the same club. Here, we have a seven in in in, in GPS plus seven other clubs. There is two clubs in Turku that they are not working with us. If if the all then were in the same under the same umbrella, it it should be easy. But today, because uh, there is a two clubs that uh, they they are doing their own job, it it. Uh, you know, I think it's good because, like I said, we have to do our job as good as we can because uh, otherwise the kids go to the, these kind of clubs. And if, if the player movement was uh, 100 and plus each, each waste uh, 10 years ago, today I think uh, uh, it's, it's maybe 20 players each way so every year somebody is uh, not happy somebody wants to you know something else but it's it's so it's, it's so little uh, that uh, you know I can I can live with that but like I said I think the biggest thing is in TPS we have to do our job as good as we can so nobody goes away and uh, we are uh, like I said more than uh, 900 players the second biggest is uh, maybe little 350, 370. So we are the uh, clearly the biggest club, and it's it's in my responsibility that the smaller clubs can can do their job. So I'm not taking here all the players. I'm not uh, putting any tryouts or or uh, in in a in a, our website that, hey, you want to come to the TPS? No, no. Uh, we try, just try to, you know, uh, give the information uh, to the smaller clubs 
put the same kind of uh, practice plans there in a in a season level or in a monthly or in a weekly or in just one. So our uh, full time coaches go to the every other week to the, our uh, our uh, umbrella umbrella clubs and and they uh, give all the information there. So the kids don't have to come in our club until they are you know under 15 under 16 so so i think that at today i have to knock on the wood because uh, everybody wants to be in our club but uh, it's not I, I i'm not taking it, it that it's going to be always like that but but today it, it's it's like that so i think we are doing pretty good job so do you have anything to add there or any thoughts in your mind Just that I'm jealous uh, oh, okay. of that level of collaboration. <clears throat> when, I, <clears throat> excuse me, when I said there was, um, you know, we we we'd help you go somewhere else. It's because there are, I don't nine or ten clubs within 30 minutes of of us, and I <clears throat> I would love for all ten of our clubs to approach each other as as siblings. We wear different jerseys because you need two teams to have a game, but all ten all ten clubs are are trying to make St. Louis the best hockey in the whole country, and unfortunately, uh, it's a it's a lot more uh, it's a lot less collaborative. And uh, yep. so I'm jealous of what Somi is able to go out and help other clubs. Yeah. As a model association for USA Hockey, we share anything and everything that we can, but more often than not. People are a little uncomfortable with um, with being as committed to player development versus the school. Yeah, this entire cooperation piece is, uh, I think, one of the strongest parts of Finnish hockey culture. I think if I would visit Turku for a few days, or, saying, or for example, I would find a lot of similarities, like I would find in Lahti, but I can also go to Juvaskula, to Vasa, um, Trauma, Pori, I think there are a lot of similarities I would find because there's so much communication inside the country and there's so much cooperation. So that is that is a very, very strong aspect. And we would like to touch with you guys on one more area um, shortly. So we touched, basically we touched on it a little bit, but more specific a little bit on growth about the club. Um, and I would like to hear your thoughts about because now we spoke about this um it is pivotal for every club that we need to have kids inside the club so first of all we can grow and secondly for the reason that we have a lot of players and um so but looking at from a recruiting perspective first of all um how do we recruit quits let's say in a in a fair way and secondly that I don't know if this point is more essential. How do we retain them? I feel both are very necessary, but how do we do it? I think is much, much more difficult. Let me go ahead. I don't want to be the first, but maybe, <laughs> maybe again. Uh, I think that uh, if I if I understand Rick Weston's rightly so, First of all, I think, like I said before, if we want to uh, get kids here in our club, uh, our uh, grassroots 
and I'm saying it like like under nine, under nine and and the youngers. Uh, the the product has to be a, a diamond. So I, I was thinking that, uh, like I told you, 2014, I, I went to the, I went to buy myself for the under 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 six year old group. I I, I put it together and I was thinking that uh, if the kids like to be there, the parents see it. The parents are, are talking about their, their you know, their coffee room in their jobs and this kind of thing. They are saying that hey, it's it's cheap. Like I said, if we had, if we pick pick some guy to the street and ask if the, is it ice hockey is it expensive or cheap, I'm guessing they're saying it's expensive, and and it's in a, in, a, in this kind of grassroots hockey, it's 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 not. It's not expensive. It's, it's real cheap. So I want to get uh, you know the product has to be diamond. So the parents are uh, getting the words. Uh, so everybody you know are talking about it. It's it's a great hobby. My kids love it. It's not expensive and this kind of thing. And and uh, like I said, there was a there was a time seven years ago that our uh, our starting age group, there was only 27 kids. And these kind of clubs, uh, when, when there, there was a time when there was a sign that we took only the first 100 kids for the age group. <laughs> and there was a line, you know, first 100, and then we say no. And it was a 2007 borns. We have only 27. And that was the, you know, the uh, alarm for me. So we have to do something. And with those kids, uh, the, there was a lot of uh, standing on the ice. There was a lot of uh, the coaches are not involved. They, they were this kind of a typical coaches. They were standing there and 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 they think that the kids are, you know, doing it by themselves. And I changed it. I changed it that. You are not coaching kids if your your uh, jersey is not sweat after the practice. So you have to you have to this kind of uh, go go with the kids. You have to be you have to be a big kid for for some sometimes when we are playing on the ice. So that was the one thing that uh, and, and I think it was the only thing because we are not advertising. In our website, of course, if you can, you know, find the website, you can find it. Okay, there's this kind of a group, but we, we are not uh, advertising at all. So I think that 27 and nowadays at that level, we have a 60, 65 kids. So I have double it. And I'm not, uh, I'm not finding any other reasons that, that the product is much better than it was a couple of years ago. And next year, uh, I think it's uh, 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 start of August. Who is going to be the this kind of uh, grassroots guy? So his responsibility is the under eight year olds, and then this kind of easy hockey, which is uh, one or twice a week. Uh, 
one wise week uh, for the under 20 and so this kind of uh, uh, line easy hockey line where it's a uh, it's a cheap and you the practice are only twice a week so we don't have this kind of thing so the new guy is going to be you know his responsibility is to recruit the kids for the skating school and then uh, try to get uh, maybe a little bit older kids who want to just hobby hockey, not 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 go there five or six times a week. So I'm uh, guessing that if we are talking about next year at the same time, we got a lot of more kids because this new guy is going to every school, every kindergarten. It's it's his his day job to you know go there and uh, do this kind of. Uh, advertising uh so me <clears throat> couldn't be any more right if i mean he said it earlier that um it, if if the kids are having a great time they're going to come back they're going to tell their friends parents are going to talk around the the coffee pot <clears throat> look at it this way <clears throat> excuse me sorry i had a busy busy day yesterday if you were opening a restaurant would you advertise before your recipes were ready probably not so don't start recruiting kids to come to your club until your product is is a diamond as somi said you get you get that product the best it can be and then the word of mouth is going to be your best recruiting tool. Um, and then I'm sure you're creative and can find some ways to advertise. I love, we're only taking a hundred, <laughs> even though uh, we have plenty of room. Um, I will tell you this, one of the things we have, we have tried and we need to refine, but take advantage of your older families. The, knowledge that they have they've been through in the club four five six seven years uh, many of them would like to volunteer in some capacity they don't feel qualified to be a coach or don't want to be a team manager or or some of those kinds of roles but we have we have created a uh, we have this idea of a mentor program where uh, a u12 family volunteers to uh, be connected with a u6 family and uh, they meet at, um, you know, a practice in the very beginning of the year and, um, and watch that U6 practice together. And then just let those, those anxious young parents ask them questions about what does it look like at your age and what, you know, all the things that parents are gonna ask. So by pairing them up, um, they get a lot of the knowledge that's in, in the handbook Somi mentioned that maybe never gets read, but will come through in a conversation. They get the ins and outs about the things that they've heard or they're worried about costs and these kinds of things. And, um, and then we also encourage them to, uh, to reach out those older families, text them a couple times a year, see how things are going. So we can get some feedback unofficially through kind of back channels and find out whether or not these families are feeling connected to the club and understand 
what's going on and whether or not they're happy. So uh, partner up your older families with your younger families and kind of like a big brother program. I like that idea. It's um, it's that's another way too to get the the parents involved with the process of the club and to get them to buy in even more and and to to feel a little bit more ownership as well. So that's um, I like that idea. I'm gonna steal it in the future. But anyway, we're we're kind of running out of time here today. We do have one final question for the both of you, if if we still got a couple minutes, and and that's just if you have any final thoughts or final messages for us, our listeners, or any. Any young coaching directors, heads of coaching or uh, hockey directors out there that could kind of help them along their their initial years? Um, And maybe, John, we'll start with you. Uh, Yeah, so um, if I I didn't mention it earlier, um, the only reason I'm here is because I'm a volunteer. It's not my profession. Uh, I I in hindsight, maybe it should have been. Uh, I, I admire what you, what all three of you are able to do. Um, but if you if if you see something that you think can be improved, go after it. Um, and have patience, uh, but also commitment. So, I am 16 years into this journey with our club. And frankly, we haven't uh, we haven't reached the original proposal I gave to the board um, in terms of the vision for for how we would we would execute. So we've made incredible progress, but we're still not there yet. So if I'm a young a young person getting started in a club, understand this is a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to need to have some wins, and by that I mean some small changes that prove to be correct. You got to build up some credibility. And then um, realize that you're not going to be able to change everything in one season. Pick one or two things, build momentum, find people who, who are on board with you. And then um, don't get distracted by those, those vocal parents who are at 100% of the practices when their kids are at 97%. There, there is going to be a vocal minority that um, you should acknowledge. But if you can't convince them, move on. And don't be deterred. Yeah, yeah. And Sami, uh, close us off here. There isn't much to say about, uh, you know, after 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 Jones speak because uh, he's a wise guy, and uh, he he said pretty much everything. I have to say that if I'm if I'm I always talk to you know I, I love to talk about myself. <laughs> it's not the it's not the it's not a great thing about me, but uh, uh, I'm thinking that if this kind of uh, not so good junior player can make a career uh, for this kind of, uh, you know, in Turku, I'm, I'm, I'm working with, like I said, I'm working with, with this kind of name that Erkka Westerlund, uh, Saku Koivu, a lot of uh, former NHL players, Andero to Maggi, Tommy Gallio, these kind of names, and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just a Sami Alden. So sometimes I have to, you know, wonder <laughs> what the hell is happening because uh, uh, they are um, hold so different level of players. But hey, it's it's always not about playing. It's uh, it's about who you are. And I have to say, if I'm thinking about my career and how it starts, 
it's it's who you know so my my career started like i was i want to be in every every project i was in a summer i went to the, this kind of uh, summer hockey schools I, I i drive for the home finland every week every place and it was hard but it's it was my way to you know uh, get to know the people and like i said i have been in the finnish national teams uh was i there because i was so great coach no i was there because uh i know the right people and or, or the right people know me and know that this guy is willing to do jobs he this guy is willing to you know uh um, work so so it's my when i see the young coaches or a little bit older coaches who want to be a professional coach and they don't have this kind of player career that they can, you know, jump right away to the men's team or something like that. I said that uh, you have to work every day. Uh, you have to be, you know, uh, don't just just uh, uh, watch your, your, you know, your own little project because if you if you are just doing with, with your own bubble nobody knows you so i think that you have to be open like you guys i have to say that i i have to say that i haven't heard your podcast and uh, this is the first time i see, see derek it's nice to meet you by the way so I think you have to be open for every opportunity that you get. That's that's my you know my my legacy of this. I'll add one thing to that because Somi's where he's at, obviously because of his dedication. It wasn't necessarily player credentials, but just listening to to what he's what he's doing and hearing about his success, he's there because of dedication. And, and, and unfortunately, somehow in youth sports, and I, and I know Bob Mancini says this all the time, they don't work hockey, they play hockey. And they play soccer and they play basketball. And for some reason, we are, we are trying to take the fun out of it. And we see fun as a four letter word. My last piece of advice for you would be, nobody has more fun than you. And if you are having that kind of fun, that's how you come off the ice in a sweaty, practice jersey or sweatshirt because um, you are you are that joy is emanating from you yeah and and that's how the kids will get better they work super hard when they are having fun they don't know that they're working so create the most fun environment have the most fun yourselves and uh, people will notice you and mostly in a good way some think that's a bad thing I would give my children to you in a heartbeat if you're having that kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a great place to wrap it up. So John, Sami, thank you guys so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedules. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys had some, some interesting conversation as well. And um, yeah, just one more time. Thanks. Thanks a lot guys. And, uh, and Derek and John, it was a really pleasure to meet you guys. Likewise, uh, don't be surprised when you see an email from me in the next day or two. Uh, I would love to, to uh, chat when your schedule works and uh, 
because we have some some ideas and, and I want your expert it's stuff you do all the time but it would be new here in the states uh, and Derek and Rick thank you for your dedication to our kids and your and your desire to be the best that you can be uh, you, you will impact hundreds if not thousands of children well beyond uh, the sport of hockey and, and you're changing lives. So thanks for the work that you're about to embark on. All right. So thanks one more time to John and Sammy for joining the show today. It was a great chance to get to talk to two guys that, as I said in the intro, were very passionate about what they do and in youth hockey and in, and in their own clubs. It was a great chance to also hear a bunch of different ideas and a bunch of different solutions to some of the problems that come up with club development and just just how they interacted with each other and, and shared ideas and everything like that was, was really interesting and, and really um, really nice to see from, from my point of view. So it was, it was great to talk with Sammy and John. So again, thanks to them. Where I want to start today in the reflection is, is something that uh, Sami said when we were talking about coaching with the kids and, and, and growing the club and recruiting and retaining the club and, and his quote was you're not you're not going to be coaching the kids if you're not sweating if your jersey isn't sweating after practice and and I think that that highlights so well something that we've heard and said so many times not only in classes but also on the show is that when you're coaching kids you have to be energetic you have to bring the the excitement you have to bring the energy and, and you have to be the most energetic person on the ice. You have to get the kids excited. And so I think that's a, a good measure from, some, from Sami there that, you know, if you're not sweating at the end of a, an 8U practice, then, you know, you won't coach the 8Us. You don't get to get on the ice for them because you, we need people that want to have fun, that want to be skating around, that want to be, you know, pulling kids by their sticks and, and, and kind of just engaged with them on their level and, and being kids a little bit and sweating and everything like that. So I, I really like that, but it, and I, but it plays into that recruiting and retaining really well because, you know, kids aren't going to come back if, if it's not a fun environment and you as the coach, you, you set that environment. So if you're working hard, if you're, if you're passionate about being there, if you're energetic, the, the kids see that and they have fun and they want to come back. So I think that's, that's one of the biggest keys for retaining kids is, is just how do you engage them right away? How do you make it the best sport experience around? Because if it's not, then they'll just go to another sport and they'll enjoy that more. So a really interesting quote and, and something that I, I really enjoyed hearing. I think it's great that you bring up the quote from Sami because um, if you think about us adults, um, it's very challenging for us to go and run youth practice in 8U, 10U age groups because it forces us to go outside our comfort zone. And if I think about myself, 100% it would force myself also to go outside my comfort zone. And at the same time, I strongly believe that regardless of the age group, 8U, 10U, 12U, 14U, 16U, 18U, 20U, we need elite coaches in each age group. And I think this is so essential because then we actually have the opportunity to provide age-appropriate training because every coach knows 100% what needs to be done in this age group. And I think when we take this even one step further is that there's a lot of communication going on between coach from 8U, 
to 10U, but also between coach U, from coach from 8U to 20U. I think there needs to be a lot of interaction between coaches inside the club. And I think the next point I would like to touch on is just the overall growth John has been experiencing in Kirkwood Youth Hockey Association, in the Kirkwood Youth Hockey Association. I mean, he said when he arrived there, um, they lost about they lost three games from 10 and after a while they won seven out of 10 games um so i think this just shows that how much actually they have been changing inside the club or how much they have been evolving inside the club that they really made this an important and necessary experience for the kids that they're not just coming there to to win that they come there to have one that they come there to have fun to be with their peers and to overall to develop. I think this is very, very, very crucial. Yeah, and I, I think the important part there is that they didn't start to just focus on winning the games, right? They, they focused on actually developing their their players so that they could um, better perform. And that's when, you know, the, once that development started to become better and better, that's when they started to, to kind of win their games more and more and more, uh, just because they started to be so far in front of, you know, the, the other clubs around the area in terms of actually developing their hockey players and, and their athletes. So I think that's, that was a, a really interesting part of the conversation. And I, I like your little sneak peek to a conversation we have coming up with the, the elite coaches at every age group, because I think that's, that's something that's uh, very interesting and, and really missed on a lot is, is having an expert 8U coach, an expert 10U coach. So um, that's, a, that's an exciting sneak peek. But anyway, going back to this conversation, you know, the next thing I want to touch on is, is just the idea of culture and developing culture in a club and, and kind of how um, I believe it was John that said that culture is it's the most critical component of the success that we have at the club. If, if we don't have good culture, we don't have success kind of thing. And, and I think that's so uh, important to note, because if you if you have a culture that that is kind of just all over the place and there's no nothing really set. And, and people don't really know what to expect as they go from age group to age group or they go, you know, from club, from a different club into your club and, and everything like that. And no one can really describe, you know, what's the culture of this club. Then, then you know, you're not, you're not guaranteed to, to give your athletes a good experience. But if you can, if you can nail it down and, and, and how John described their culture is that, you know, they want to have joy for the game and they, and they want to have fun and, and that everyone needs to, to feel valued within their club. And I think that that if you can kind of nail it down and describe your culture and, and really tell people what you're about, then you you are better equipped to to give the players, the members of your club, a better experience. And and I think that's just so important. And I, I think that, you know, and an important thing that I believe Sami said there about their culture is that there's there's no fear in their practices. You know, they their their players are not afraid to be on the ice to to make mistakes to try new things to to have a good experience and and that allows for so much more fun you know if you're not afraid of going on the ice and and getting in trouble for trying this or you know um just kind of not being afraid to make mistakes then then it, it loosens you up quite a bit and you're allowed to you're allowed to have a little bit more fun just internally so i think those were very important pieces when you think about the culture of a club. I think this also ties into the other point Sami brought up that there's no practice anymore that is not supervised. 
And I think this is also so relevant if we think about club development and the development of the culture and the club is because um, if there is no one who is supervising the practices, first of all, how do you can ensure that you do appropriate, that your practices are appropriate designed? And secondly, how, how do you can ensure that your players are uh, do develop? And it is so necessary and so crucial that there's someone who's supervising the practices. So basically you can talk afterward about it and you can reflect about everything. You can reflect about the activities. You can reflect about the actions you have been taking um, as a coach. You can reflect about your behavior. You can also reflect on the interaction you took with the players, on their behaviors, how you reacted to with their behaviors. There are so many things that go inside running a practice. It is very, very crucial that there's someone who's supervising. And I think this also ties into the point Sami mentioned that the atmosphere is everything. Because I think all the points I just brought up, they're also part of the atmosphere. Um, and I think it starts with establishing values but also living up these values and having a really a vision for the club. And I think um, we can definitely say that both have a strong vision in their club and both have values. Otherwise, they wouldn't have experienced so much growth over the past. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that that ties in to, to what I wanted to bring up here is my last piece is the, this idea of dealing with challenge and and John jumped on that that question right away, and I, I really liked that he that he how he put it. You know, he said, "Provide people a space to to voice their concerns, to to get their questions out there, to get their their thoughts out there, but then have conviction in what you believe, and and have conviction in the culture of your club, have conviction in the values that you have." And I, I think that's so important. You know, it's 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 not impossible to create an environment where people can come to you and, and ask you know hey why are we doing this or i don't like that we're doing this can you explain it to me or or anything like that and then but it's important to have that belief in what you're doing and that belief on why you're doing things the way that you are and and being able to have that conviction when when answering those questions and those concerns and then you know in the extreme case when they truly just don't disagree with you at a fundamental level you know, then John said, well, I can help you find somewhere that, that does. But um, I, I think that it's so important there that when those challenges arise, when those concerns arise, when that pushback arises, you can you can meet it with conviction in what you believe in. And I, I really like that because it's something that um, unfortunately, I, I, I think is is the true experience of a, a lot of people in youth sports, not just hockey. It's it, it's all over the place with with um you know, I think everyone knows those, those, you know, 0.1% of parents that, that can, that can be pretty loud, right? And everything like that. So it's important to have the conviction in what you believe in. And speaking about parents, this is a good point that you bring this up is that um, I think when we spoke about, oh, I'm, I'm very sure when we spoke about um, how do we actually recruit and retain kids in the club. And regarding the retaining port, John, brought up a wonderful idea is that when you recruit new kids involve um, older parents so basically parents from other generations because they have been in the club they know what's going on and they can help and they can inform the other parents and they can also help with the growth of the club so i think this is a, a very very 
powerful and very, very good strategy. And I don't think, or I don't know, or actually what I want to say, this is the first time that I've been hearing about this strategy. So I think uh, trying this out uh, wouldn't hurt. And I think it would be very, very good for your club overall. And um, the last point I would like to bring up, um, Sami mentioned this towards the end of our episode, um, that if you if you want to coach at a high level one day and you have not been playing professionally, um, you have to work every day if you want to achieve this goal. And I think this is very true because it's very often that if you have been playing, um, first of all, you have a lot of experience um, and still you need to understand the game, but you have this experience and then it's maybe a little bit easier to get inside a club or inside a team which is playing on a more competitive and a high level. And if you, if you have not been doing this, I think it starts anyway with education. It doesn't matter if you have been playing on a high level or not, but uh, if you have not been doing this, it's definitely much more tougher, much, much more difficult um, if you have not been playing on a more high or on a more competitive level. So I think this is a very essential point that you need to remind yourself that every day you need to invest in yourself and your growth. And even though I still think uh, resting is important in recovery, but there's every day you can do something. Even if you're resting, is it a book that you read or listening to a podcast? So I think this is uh, very, very essential because there's every day you can do something. Yeah, but I, I like Sami's point there that it doesn't really matter if, if you've played at a high level or anything like that, right? It's, it's more about the person that you are and, and, and kind of the, the opportunities that you take advantage of. So really um, volunteering and taking advantage of your opportunities and, and kind of giving, giving yourself kind of into those uh, volunteer positions, right? And, and I think everyone talks about the, the grind that coaching is and, and how to get to the top level. So really, really jumping at those chances and, and, you know, before, before, you know, it's kind of like that you have to be willing to, to help other people, um, and maybe organizations or federations or anything like that before they, they help you kind of thing. So it's, um, it's something to, to really keep in mind that, that really jump on your opportunities for sure. So anyway, um, I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up, um, for today's episode with John and Sami. So thanks one more time for them for joining the show and and having a great conversation with us today uh, we really appreciate it make sure you connect with the show on social media at the coaches road and send us any feedback or recommendations or anything like that through our website thecoachesroad.com um, and yeah so thanks for listening and we will see you guys next time thanks